Coming up on this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast, we review the film Shazam! Fury of the Gods. We begin with our instant review recorded in the parking lot of the theater, spoiler-free, and then conclude with our deep dive recorded the following day, which will be spoiler-filled. Stay tuned for that and more right after this. I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The the Irreverent Irreverent Nerds! 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 (laughs) We are here. I know it looks a little weird, but we're trying a different setup. So the Blue Yeti worked really well uh, for our last outdoor recording session. So we are here. You can probably tell this is literally the roof of Will's car. Um, He has a small car. (laughs) Nice girl. Nice. <laughs> um, tell Richard it's a red yeti. A red yeti. That's true. It is. It is. It is a red yeti. They make like silver yetis and and red yetis and white yetis, which really makes sense. Which makes like, a lot of sense. Why aren't they not all? Why are they not all white? I'd like to know. Um, cause yeah, that's aren't yetis supposed to be white? I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Brown. Maybe some brown yetis. That's not, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so we just got out of the theater seeing Shazam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So this is our instant review, and we're going to do a deep dive tomorrow. Actually, we're going to record that, but tonight, right after getting out, we wanted to give our first thoughts. And just like last time, this is going to be as spoiler-free as we can make it. There we go. <laughs> That's better. Um... So yeah, so free. I love Tawny in it. Tawny was great. Tawny? You lost me. The tiger. The tiger. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) He's from the comic books. Oh. I'm I'm joking. You said no spoilers, so I'm talking about something that didn't actually kind of happen in the film. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't catch that. So is it These are not scripted. (laughs) (laughs) Was it was it a, a cameo? Yeah, it was. Okay. A cameo that didn't matter. Yes. Speaking of cameos that didn't matter, they spoiled the Wonder Woman cameo in in the trailer trailer before this came out. I'm like, DC, come on. You didn't need to do that. Like, what the heck? It's like it totally took the power out of the scene. Like, she shows up. But you know she's going to show up. Like, you know she's coming. Um, Yeah. And that's not a spoiler because, again, it was in the trailer. So, but we won't tell you what she does because that would be a spoiler. But the fact that she shows up, DC already spoiled it for you. So, unless you're one of those people that didn't watch any trailers beforehand um, and didn't look at Instagram, you know, or any of that. <laughs> um, so, uh, first thoughts: How many nerd hats uh, would you give this Will out of five? I don't know. I, I liked it. I liked it. I'm going to say three. Okay. Two and a half, three. What about you? Hmm. Well, the first one, first one I'd definitely give a four. This one is, in my opinion, it's not as good as, as the first one. Uh, so I'd give it, a th- I think, 3.5. Okay. Yeah, 3.5. Like, I enjoyed it, but it's not, like, top caliber film, I don't think. <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was enjoyable though. It was enjoyable, but yeah, not as good as the first one though, in my opinion. 
How about you? Did you feel like the first one was better? Uh, I felt like this one was better, but to be completely honest, it's been years since I've seen the first one, so I Not, don't know. <laughs> I did. <clears throat> I didn't get all the way through it. I did restart. Um, I think I might have seen it twice the first time around, but I did restart it actually just today. Um, I had a free trial for HBO Max that cool. I'm using, so I got through, I think, maybe the first 30, 45 minutes of it and was reminded... You know, which I remember liking it uh, when I saw it before. But yeah, I was reminded of why I liked it. And um, interestingly, though, the one, I think maybe the one weakness the first one did have was the villain because I had no memory whatsoever of the villain. Like, I had even forgotten that Mark Strong played the villain until I, I think until I looked it up. Yeah, like, I had forgotten he was even in the movie. So, like, and that's not necessarily his fault. That was a ball dropped, I think, from the first one, which is why right. I, I definitely wouldn't give the first one any more than a four. Well, but. I definitely didn't remember the villain. I remember the caterpillar at the end. <laughs> yeah. That can't be a spoiler. That movie's been out for a very long time now. But uh, I forgot the villain. I just know the villain was there. But the caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, so since this is spoiler-free, <laughs> since this is spoiler-free, we're not going to tell you whether Mark Strong's character, I don't even remember his character's name now. I don't know I feel either. bad. Uh, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Um, we're not going to tell you at this point whether he makes an appearance in this movie or not, but the villains, obviously, that you know are going to be in it, you know, are played by Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. And how did you feel about their performance in the film, like, did you feel like their characters were written well, performed well? I love Lucy Liu and Xena. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, joke. Um, yeah, I think that... Um, was she actually in Xena? No. Okay, never mind. I was thinking, that's Lily, Lucy Lawless. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. <clears throat> but uh, that was a joke. Anyway. Um, no, it's a good nerd joke, actually. Uh, you know, it, I missed it, but it was a good one. Anyway, continue. Um, and my train derailed. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I thought that they were good. I mean, they we didn't really flesh the villains out in this film all that much, but they played their roles good. The actresses did, played them well. Correct grammar. Yeah, they they both got a chance to to ham it up a little bit, which I feel like a lot of actors enjoy playing villains because, you know, especially movies like this, they get to like play a over the top, like Shakespearean level, like, forsooth you have taken my power. Forsooth. Now I shall destroy you. If you. No. no. Uh. <laughs> so you saw they did a decent job, but not, not, it didn't like grab you. You're like, wow, these villains uh, are so amazing and complex. No. Uh, no, they were not complex. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they weren't honestly um they they were i mean because it's helen mirren i'm not as big of a fan of lucy Liu as an actress in general um i think helen mirren has more chops um which lucy would probably agree with i would think but um but yeah helen helen brought a certain level of gravitas to the role but the role itself was was it almost felt a bit more like a, a plot device a little bit um so yeah, that that was a little disappointing, and um, 
I will say in general, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think Marvel has done a better job in general with fleshing out their villains yes. or with having memorable villains, especially villains you can sympathize with, you know, like Loki and even Thanos. Uh, the, what was that Christian Bale's character in Thor? Yeah, the God Butcher. Yeah, the God Butcher. Yeah, him too. I feel like, like he had a different name, but yeah, the God Butcher. Like, you can sympathize with him too. I mean, his, his daughter died. And I think that's where maybe DC, with exception maybe of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, like, DC has not done a great job of making you sympathize. I think they tried to do that with the Batman and, and like, the Riddler's character, how he's, like, an orphan um, and and was picked on. Um, I don't know if that quite landed, but they did make an attempt at least you know, at, at making him more complex. And uh, I think they came closest to pulling it off with, with him, I think. But yeah, Marvel does seem to do a better job, at least in the in the in um, their films anyway. Uh, at least, maybe to be more precise, their recent films. <laughs> um, not all of them, though, I will say. Not all of them. Um, let's see. How'd you feel about the aesthetics of the film? Like the... CGI, the music, you know, kind of the, the ambiance. I liked it, um, I think. Um, I, I remember the dragon, oh no, that's a spoiler. Is it? Was it in the trailer? Was, did we get a clear, I didn't watch the trailers, to be honest, so I didn't even mm. know Wonder Woman would be in it. Was the dragon clearly seen in the trailers? I don't remember. Um, I know the dragon was in the trailers. Yeah, but they, they don't go into which we, we can oh, right. avoid that here. Right. We'll we don't need to go it. into detail about I, I what just, the dragon is. But there is a dragon, I mean, in there. I, I liked how they depicted the dragon with the special effects. That was pretty cool. And uh, I think, it, in general, it, it looked good. And, um, like, we saw it. We didn't see it in IMAX, but the theater we go to, even their standard screens are pretty big, like, uh, especially for like first weekend showings, yeah. So, so we got to see it in pretty big format, and uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was it was good. It, it didn't the CGI wasn't like some of the movies. Like you go, you want to see a popcorn film with great special effects, and you're like, well, I wasted that twelve dollars or thirteen or whatever. <laughs> that was only on the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and others are like, okay, they did a good job with this. Um, yeah, it's definitely better than the debacle that is um, oh, Aquaman. Special effects were... Uh. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> like, I wish this would have been so awesome if they had gone, which almost nobody goes to the same... Well, maybe it's fair to say nobody goes to the same level as James Cameron in regards to production quality like he he always ramps it up with every movie he makes but imagine if aquaman had had actually done like underwater like motion capture like avatar did it would have been so much cooler well, that would have been instead interesting of, instead of the oh, it was just it was bad cgi underwater and did not like finding nemo which was made 20 years ago had better underwater CGI than Aquaman I'm sorry but it did because Pixar knows their shit and they put time and loving care TLC into that um, 
Yeah, DC did not. They shit the bed on the underwater special effects. I'm sorry, but they did. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. DC, do better. You can do better. We know you can. <laughs> There's another Aquaman movie coming up, so you better do better in this one. That's right. <laughs> uh, at least I think there is. Have they canceled it? I honestly don't know. No. With Gun and Saffron, I don't, I don't know what's going on right you now. You never know. They could just write, have a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I just picked. Oh, yeah. Didn't they just cancel it? Was it Batwoman? Bat girl. Bat girl. I heard it was terrible, though, but yeah. Oh, well, maybe that's why they canceled it. <laughs> it's like, this should not see the light of day. <sighs> I guess we'll never know, though. Unless they release it on a DVD later or something. No, they can't do that. Oh, they since can't? Since they wrote it off as a tax uh, credit. It may never be seen at all. It may never be seen. <laughs> not even for free now. Like, ten years from now, it's going to pop up on YouTube, like a black market copy or something. Ooh, like, I would watch it. <laughs> I would, too. I would, too. Yeah, why not? Um... <laughs> So getting getting back to Shazam. So, yeah, I thought I thought they did a good job in special effects as well. But the music, uh, it was okay. The music was okay. Uh, there was nothing memorable. Like I didn't catch a theme that was memorable, which I don't honestly remember that for the first one either. It's like, you know, I feel like music either needs to to really grab you where you, like John Williams' music, like you. It not only complements the film's well, but it has its own life. You know, it, it has its own themes, or it needs to be almost invisible, where it supports the theme. Like, but the other two, where it's like overpowering to the point where it distracts or detracts from the film. Obviously, you don't want to have that happen, but you also don't want it to be invisible. I mean, unless that's a very intentional. Um, and this is kind of middle of the road, which Christoph Beck. Did the music and and Christoph does a good job. Like he's um, done the music for I think both of the Frozen movies. He did the the instrumental music for both of the Frozen films. Um, now that I think about it, I do I do hear some similarities between this and that. Richard's um, really done his homework. But uh, well, no, I just recognize his name because my daughters oh, okay. my daughters have watched Frozen like probably a hundred times. <laughs> so by now, like. I've seen who does the music. It was like, oh, that's Christoph Beck. Okay. Oh, okay. I do like both of those films myself, especially the second one. But my daughters have watched them so many times. So many times. <laughs> what about Olaf's Frozen Adventure? Uh, yep, that one too. Well, that one too. Yeah. And uh, was it the... Um, the Lego? Did they do yeah, the Lego? oh yeah, they like the Lego one too. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, there's another one too. There's a Frozen Fever. And then there's like... Olaf like retell. It's actually pretty funny because uh, Josh Gad is great, but they um he retells the Disney stories. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's actually I started watching that one. It's it's, a, it's, a, it it's hilarious. <laughs> like again, Josh Gad is, is hilarious as Olaf. Um, he he got his first he got his big break in, in on Broadway actually. Cool. Playing cool. In the Book of Mormon. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was a. A very popular uh, Broadway show, um, from what I understand. Uh, I believe it was critical of Mormonism, if I'm, yes, not, it was. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, <laughs> anyway, how do we get on that? How did I get on that? I don't know. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so okay. So getting Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. Oh, sh they should find a way to bring him into the MCU, or uh, he would fit well in the MCU. Like, they need to find a way to bring... Hey. That's true. 
Disney, Marvel Studios, find a way to bring Josh Gad. Like, he's already doing stuff for Disney, so why not? Find a way to bring him into the MCU somehow, because Josh Gad is great. So, oh yeah. And also, let's see who else. The entire cast of New Girl. Bring them in somehow, because New Girl is also great. My wife and I like that show. I haven't seen that. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, what about Zachary Levi's performance in this one? How, how'd you feel about it overall? Like, Well, I have to admit that I've never liked him as the titular superhero. Titular? Yes, titular. It's not titular? It's titular, but you didn't feel comfortable saying it that way, did you? (laughs) I've been saying it wrong all these years. Yeah, it's titular. Mostly in my head, but titular. Titular. The titular. Is this not how you pronounce titular? (laughs) The other way does sound... Titular. Well, I mean, we are mildly inappropriate, so why not? You know, the titular character. But, no, he did a good job. Say um, titular title character five times fast. No, the titular title guy. Anyway. He, he did he did a good job. I, uh, in my mind, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, should be more of the, uh, um, the scout, you know what I'm saying. The, uh, help me here. Well, anyway, he's. I see him differently in the comics than I do oh, in the like film. That's voice, all I'm trying to say. Boy Scout. Boy Scout, yeah. Like Superman y, Superman ish. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can't have. They. I guess they needed to make him different than Superman. That's fair. Uh, but that's what I see him as whenever he's in an animated feature or the comic books, which I haven't read a lot of, of those comic books. So uh, the actor playing him uh, in this these movies uh, really makes him more and it makes sense why they would do it but it really makes him more childish not childlike but childish um, teenagerish teenagerish he's so it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> so instead of being a big rube that's just a bit innocent because he's actually just a child he, we have I guess it's more realistic that way you know? 17 because, yeah, you would still... It's more realistic like, that he acts like a, a grown man who acts like a teenager is more realistic than the depiction that I'm used to, I guess. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he wouldn't just, like, magically act like a 40-year-old man, you know, yeah. if he was... Or a 35-year-old man or however old Superman is. Um, he wouldn't just magically act like that, you know, you're a teenage boy. So, see, uh, that does make sense. Um, yeah, I, I felt like he was a little manic in this one. Oh, like a, okay. a, a, Like right on the edge of manic like almost too much energy like and it felt like it was a little more than maybe i'm wrong I, i'll finish rewatching the first one before a deep dive hopefully but um it felt like it was a little more than the first film um but that being said i still think he i think he did a good job and he he hit the emotional moments pretty well um but i it, it is still a little hard for me not to which I'm sure Zach is trying to overcome that in some ways, um, but it's still a little hard for me not to see Chuck. Uh, granted, a little more ripped uh, version of Chuck. Did you ever watch Chuck? It's the, been a long time. I uh, just I didn't make the connection. Yeah, which I enjoy that show. Like my wife and I got on a, a Chuck kick for a little bit, and um, 
I don't think we made it all the way through the series, but yeah, it, it was enjoyable. That, that's the one about the office, impl- uh, like the uh, Best Buy-ish. Yeah. Off, um, office Depot, whatever, employee that finds out that his business is really an underground spy thing or something. Yeah, or at least there's yeah, pe- I thought so. people working there that, that are part of that. And then he, oh, okay. he gets, like, sort of superpowers or enhancements, oh, okay. maybe. He gets, like, enhancements somehow. I forget how he got it. Um, he had longer hair back then, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, he um, he does a solid job, I think, in this. And, and again, he is trying to play, you know, a 17-year-old boy. Um, but, yeah, I think occasionally occasionally it, it felt a little on the manic side, like, kind of edging up to that. Just like, oh, <laughs> too much, you know, too much, a little too much energy yeah. to it sometimes. But overall, it was, it was still it was still pretty good. Yeah, honestly, both both he and Freddy have kind of that manic energy. It reminds me of Malcolm in the Middle, actually. Have you ever seen Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen more of that. Reminds me of kind of that energy, which maybe that's what they were going for. Um, so like, it's it's good in small doses, but if it's like if you're at that level the whole film, then it's like okay, chill out, <laughs> Ch- chill out. <laughs> and I feel like they were they were both like both Zachary Levi as Shazam and then uh, Freddy as himself you know the I think they were both kind of at that level for a little bit too much of the film at least two thirds of the film and that that got a little annoying after a while I was like okay let's let's that's where that's more of a directorial thing where you don't have the narrative reprieve like you need to have an ebb and flow to that kind of energy otherwise you, you you abuse it and it just it gets it gets annoying eventually. At least I got a little bit annoyed with it eventually. I don't know how you felt. Like, well, I think that's the reason why I don't prefer the actor in that role. Maybe that's not his fault. You know, he was told to play the character that way. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that we're talking about the same thing: the manicness, the um, it's like high energy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I can tell you, not all teenage boys are like that. Maybe that's like a stereotype they're trying to... Well, well, hmm. I mean, you know, the the kid who plays Billy Batson is calmer. Yeah, actually he is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just that, like, when he gets... See, I really be- like the actor he, that plays Billy Batson. He gets, he gets like, too hyped up when he's in, like, Shazam form or whatever. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Um, but no, I... Um, I was looking at, um, I think I was reading an article yesterday about Zachary Levi's like body transformation. You know, Henry Cavill I think was already ripped, but he wasn't as ripped as he got for Superman. Like he stepped it up to another level. Uh, whereas Zachary Levi, like, he's always been in good shape. Like he's never been fat that I've ever seen, but he's never been like ripped and pumped up. So he got he got big. So I was reading about his workout regimen for oh, before the first cool. film and. Um, Apparently there is some padding in the suit, but he said that's pretty standard. Like even Henry Cavill, there's like some padding in the suit, uh, but for the most part, it's like all him. Same with Henry Cavill. I mean, like you've seen him without it. So he's, the dude's like, he's like, how do you lift your hands? Like, <laughs> Too much muscle. <clears throat> well, I've seen I fly less. like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he flies like this. Because he can't. He, <coughs> he can't lift his arm like this. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Not everybody can be Christopher Reeves. May you rest in peace. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Moment of reverence. <clears throat> Still a great Superman, terms. in my opinion. Yeah. Good old Christopher. Of course, he's my first Superman, so. As was mine. As was mine. Yeah. <clears throat> my second um, that I ever, ever saw was Dean Kane. <laughs> oh, yes. <Dean> Kane. <laughs> Good old Dean Kane. I didn't see much of it, but it was like around in the 90s. Yeah. Know? My parents wouldn't have let me watch much of it because it was like soap opera ish. <clears throat> Too much sex, I think, or something. Uh, I didn't, I didn't I just, really watch it. I remember it. seeing <clears throat> all the previews. But eventually, the Justice League came along, and we had a be- better Superman. <laughs> Sorry, Dean Kane, but yes, a better Superman. Tim Daly, right? Tim Daly? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And your parents probably didn't screen that one as much because it was a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I watched it until I became an adult. I think I was an adult. Well, that's when it came out. In the early I'm just two- joking. 2000s, right? Or did, did it start in the 90s? Well, the DC animated universe started in the 90s with Batman. Then it went right. to... Superman, Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. All in the 90s? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Batman Beyond and then that one about the robot. Oh, it's... St- wait. The robot? It was a spinoff of Batman Beyond, but didn't last for like one, maybe one season. Huh. I don't know if I saw that one. That's okay. <clears throat> anyway. It's just a spinoff. We're getting a bit long on our instant review here. It's, it's, um, so we're going we're gonna to tie this up with a bow. And tomorrow we'll come back for a longer, uh, hopefully deeper dive. <laughs> it will have spoilers, so at least it'll be deeper in that sense. Um, doesn't mean we're going to be any more mature or, that's right. or anything, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's not necessarily what a deep dive means, anyway. I can talk about Tawny. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obscure friend reference. Or is that a different Tommy you're talking about? Tawny. Oh, Tawny. 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 Tawny the Tawny the Tiger. Tawny the Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, we could go deep into that. Deep into that. I just want to know, when are you going, DC, when are you going to introduce Uncle Marvel? Oh, yeah. And and we will give, I will give a one word spoiler right here at the end. Unicorns. Unicorns. So, tune in after these messages. Uh, to find out what what the hell I'm talking about. So, if a word if a word is plural, does that count as more than one word? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's 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 no. Wait, put a cork in it. How do you? Anyway. <laughs> all right, nerds. We'll be back with a deep dive. Hey nerds, Richard here, asking you to consider supporting our podcast. Just go to www.irreverentnerds.com and click on the Support This Podcast button. There you will find three support tiers, $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, and $9.99 a month. And nerds, check this out. Beginning in April of 2023, we will be offering rewards to anyone who supports us at the $4.99 or $9.99 tiers. 
So keep an ear out for that news. We will be announcing it during the first episode of April. Live long and prosper, fellow nerds. And thank you for listening. Now back to this week's episode. Nerds. Nerds. Will and I are here for the deep dive. Curse bloosh. <laughs> and unfortunately, this one will not have video. Maybe that's okay, though. Maybe we should only do the instant reviews as video. But we were having issues with our sound quality once again. Really hard. Uh, I'm not an audio or video engineer even though I have learned a few things over the over the time here. But we're here the next morning to talk about Fury of the Gods. We saw it just last night and did our instant review, and now we're back to do a deep dive. And as we said, that's not a guarantee that we're going to be mature, you know, human beings as we talk <laughs> here. <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to be, like, deep and philosophical, although it could be. It could be. Uh, but more of, like, we're going to do a spoiler-filled review as opposed to yesterday's, which was more fun and spoiler-free. So, Will, I think you mentioned the first spoiler you wanted to get into was Tawny the Tiger. Well, it's not really a spoiler, um, but I did I did joke about that, so I could explain it. Um, in the comics, uh, there is a anthropomorphic tiger character named Talky Tawny. Uh, Talky Tawny has gone through a few revisions during reboots and whatnot but basically the original Takitani uh was given a serum by a hermit that turned him into a talking tiger that walks on two feet and he came to america basically for the reason any foreigner comes to america which is to find a better life uh in which case captain marvel aka shazam befriends him um in some versions, he's a stuffed animal tiger that's animated only to the Marvel family, kind of like Hobbes and Calvin and Hobbes. In some versions, he's uh, transformed into a Smilodon, a form of saber-toothed tiger by magic, but is otherwise a actual just Bengal tiger from the zoo. Um, in our movies, in this current movie, he is a kitten. Uh, the uh, uh, okay, that's the kitten that that uh, she brings home. Yeah, she na- She actually calls the kitten Tawny and says she has to take Tawny back home. It's only the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, and, and that was just a little reference there, not a huge spoiler or anything. So Darla brings him home and so she names him Tawny. Does it? Does yes. It say that. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it, actually, in the film. So. It was, Fan service, basically, like, hey, we're going to throw in a comic book reference that, right, such as ourselves or such as you would 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 get. Yes, and we all know that due to how far fetched an anthropomorphic tiger is, chances of them bringing Tawny in for real are very low. Although Rocket <laughs> Raccoon did work for Marvel, this is true. Yeah, you you got to get the right voice actor. Obviously, you have to get really good animators as well to make it work um so yeah it's it, it's definitely possible um and who knows now with the with james gunn 
running running the show, him and, and Peter Saffron, which I noticed Peter Saffron actually produced this movie. Cool. Uh, Shazam Fury. Well, I think the original Shazam. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I guess uh, this one as well. Uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods. So his production companies are New Line Cinema, DC Studios, and the Saffron Company. So I'm, I don't know if that's how... Because James Gunn obviously did the Suicide Squad and then the Saffron Company. I don't know how long they've been involved with DC Studios, but obviously at least with the two Shazam movies. So maybe in a sense, that's where Warner Brothers got to see what both those guys could do, and that's why they're in now and involved, and hopefully will improve things. Yeah. Cool. I hope. <laughs> we'll, well see. We all that. hope. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed the second one not as much, but I enjoyed both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I did enjoy the Suicide Squad. I thought it definitely superior to the first Suicide Squad movie. This is I, true. To be honest, I don't even remember who directed the first one. Do you? No, but I tend I actually remember that film better than I remember the first Shazam film. But um I think anyway, no, I I don't know who directed that. And it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Like I I enjoyed it as a DC entry, but but yeah, the one that James Gunn did was definitely superior. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Because Starro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the giant shark. Yeah, whenever whenever you got um, head-sized, face-sucking starfish coming out of the armpits of a giant <laughs> intergalactic starfish uh, who dies by getting impaled through his massive eyeball. Yeah, you know James Gunn is going to be involved. <laughs> I thought the rats killed him. <laughs> uh, We're spoiling multiple movies now. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We haven't done a review of The Suicide Squad, but it's been out long enough. You know, it's like, and this is, of course, a spoiler-filled review of Shazam, so um, we'll try not to spoil too many other things, though. But I think Starro is probably in the trailers, I would would think. Although I don't remember, but um, yeah, that was was pretty intense in the theater. I was like, it's like, it kind of plays at your gag reflex, but not not quite all the way. It's like he, he went right up to the line with it. You're like, oh, that's nasty. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, getting back to Shazam. Well, Shazam. Yeah, so if for those of you who don't know, um, who didn't grow up watching like TV Land, uh, we were just referencing Gomer Pyle, which uh, I looked up Gomer Pyle and Shazam, and there, there's already a bunch of memes out there <laughs> tying, <laughs> tying him in with this. Um, that's probably one of the things he's most known for uh, is that that phrase, like, Shazam! Uh, he was originally on the Andy Griffith Show, of course, which is more well-known than Gomer Pyle, P.I., I think, or something. Right. Like um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is... Uh, was a little trivia tidbit. He he's an opera singer. He's really? classically trained. Huh. I don't know if he like sang in operas legit, but like he's classically trained vocalist. So I've heard him sing, and it's just so weird seeing Gomer Pyle do that. Which is probably why he didn't do a whole lot with it because it's just so different from what he was known for. You guys got that for free. For free. <laughs> Shazam. So. So we had some new characters. I think we talked a little bit about them in the in the first one. Obviously, 
you know, we had, let's see here. And my brain just drew a blank. So we had Rachel, here we go, Ra- actress Rachel Zegler played Anthea slash Anne, who, spoilers, you know, which I think they, they kind of, that's one thing I didn't like. It's like as soon as she showed up as a new student in the high school and immediately connected with Freddie, I was like, yes, she's not just a normal human. Like I knew that right away. I did too. I pretty much already knew she was um, a villain. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I didn't know that she was one of the sisters. Like I didn't know there were three sisters, like three daughters of Atlas. Right. I'm assuming that might've been in the comics. So, but since I hadn't read that storyline, I wasn't aware of that. I haven't read it either. But then we also had, obviously, Lucy Liu as Calypso, the middle daughter of Atlas, and Helen Mirren as Hespera, the oldest daughter of El- And I thought it was it was funny that um, Billy Batson, i.e. Shazam, um, made note of the age gaps. He's like, it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it when they get... They get like that in uh, fiction. Well, they just notice the things the audience is already noticing. It's yeah, great. it's like a little bit of self awareness. Yeah, you know, like poking fun at itself. I thought that was I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, and um, you and I were just like as we were getting ready and getting set up here, we were just rewatching some of the first Shazam, and so I got to see Mark Strong's character again, and. Um, I can see why he was forgettable on the one hand, but he did a pretty good job. Like, um, it was better than I remembered, um, which he's, he's, a, he's a solid actor. Uh, he does seem to play villains a lot. Um, I was like, he comes on the screen, he's like, Sinestro? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why you were referencing Sinestro. Yeah, well, isn't that, I guess technically Green Lantern is not a part of the DCEU. Um, and he was obviously yellow and wearing a... a uh, yellow lantern suit so he looked a little different you mean in the ryan reynolds led film or just the character in general in the ryan yeah the ryan reynolds film he plays sinestro right well it's beside the point he was a green lantern up until the end credit scene then he turned yellow oh you're right you're right it's been so long since i've seen that you were correct i don't think it was a terrible film but for some reason a lot of other people do. I mean, the suits definitely should not have been CGI, but... uh Yeah, that was lame. Uh, I was like, why? I was actually disappointed we didn't get a sequel with Sinestro. I was excited, more excited about that than I was the villain of the first film. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I do have to agree. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, not the greatest entry in DC lore, for sure. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it, not the worst either, I don't think. Um no, uh, Batman and Robin will forever hold that um, dubious status as the worst DC movie ever. That's right. Now, <laughs> you know, I recently saw a photo. I don't know the authenticity of the photo, but a photo with C- with uh, completed CGI of a black Green Lantern, most likely John Stewart, uh-huh. supposedly from Jack Snyder's Justice League, but had to be cut because... The people in power just refused to allow Green Lantern into the film. Oh, because they had such a bad taste in their mouth from the from the movie, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that's the theory going around. Huh. Yeah, well, I know Ryan Reynolds 
uh, wishes he could have that one back <laughs> to, to redo, not necessarily. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love how he pokes fun at himself in Deadpool. For that. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, we're crossing over to Marvel here, so we need to get back on topic. To be fair, I get really confused these days. Watching this movie, I I had to remind myself it wasn't a Marvel film. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And it, and obviously DC and Marvel copy each other so often, you know, and there's so much crossover. And then they both draw from, I'm sure, from like Greek mythology. Like this seemed like a, I don't know if the Tree of Life, I don't think the Tree of Life was originally, like this kind of was like a mashup of mythology. You had Atlas, and then you had the Daughters of Atlas, like, but then you had the Tree of Life, which there's it comes up, I think, in multiple traditions. I don't know if the Greeks had their own version of it; they might. Um, but yeah, like it also pops up, like you said, in Norse mythology. Yeah, and, um, the World and, Tree, and then obviously in the Bible as well, like in you know ancient Near Eastern mythology. This and, is true. Yeah, like so, but yeah, I can't think of again. Although I haven't, I haven't read a lot of the. Haven't read enough to say whether it pops up in Greek mythology or not, but I, I don't have a clear memory of there being a tree of life in that tradition. I haven't. I admit I haven't studied Greek religion. Um, it would probably be helpful, but uh, at the same time, I'm not aware of the religion still being a living religion. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, unless there's like a new new one out, like a new uprising or i don't know what the right word would be new form of it um i don't know of anybody that still worships zeus Um, true (laughs) yeah but that's what was confusing me we had these gods and then suddenly i'm just thinking go oh yeah you know this totally connects with love and thunder wait wrong universe (laughs) all right uh let's see so i'm trying to think of what to talk about next with the with the shazam film uh, I think, like, we both rated it. I, I've had some time to rethink, and I do think I'm going to give it a three on second day, th- thinking, so I, I think I'm going to line up with you, three, yeah. ner- three nerd hats. So I thought about it some more, and then rewatching some more of the first one, I was like, no, this is not as good as the first one. And um, That's probably true. So I think three, I think three is fair. Is it, um, is enjoyable, but not, not yeah it wasn't super memorable like you don't have quite the same pathos they they tried for that but you didn't i didn't feel the same connection with like his family characters or what they were going through as i did in the first film even with billy because obviously it gets into his backstory with his mom like we just saw the scene before we started recording here where he meets his real mom and that doesn't go so great yeah Followed by that awesome scene of him jumping off the building, and uh, oh yeah, and that just screams comic book. Anyway, um, for those of you confused, what I'm talking about, he jumps off the building and yells Shazam and gets hit by lightning in midair, and that just reminds me of something that would happen in, in the comic books. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. But I, I love it when they bring a comic book frame to life, or, or you know, and that is something Zack Snyder is very good at. I will say. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. It had been a long time since I saw the first one, but from what little I saw today before we started recording, yeah, uh, the first one definitely had a lot of uh, 
a lot of good things in it that the second one lacks. I liked how the second one just got straight into the action, though. Yeah, which I, I guess might be more common with, with sequels. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just didn't... It didn't quite grab me the way that the first one did. Uh, didn't have, I didn't have the same emotional attachment to what the characters were going through. I think they tried to do some of that with Anthea and Freddy, and it just didn't quite work for me. It's not that they had terrible chemistry necessarily. It just, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the writing or, or what, but it didn't quite connect with me. Um, and maybe some of that's just I'm old and those are teenagers, but huh. that might be part of it. Um, but yeah, again, not terrible, but like it, it, yeah, it just didn't grab me. Um, I I didn't find myself wanting to find out what happened to the characters, you know, and I think to be honest, I I didn't necessarily find myself invested enough in the plot to be like, what's going to happen next? You know, like, I don't know. Can you speak? How did you feel about that? Uh, not necessarily. I, I felt about the same way. I mean, there was one shocking character development around the end of the film that we'll probably talk about later that, uh, I was like, well, I guess this is the last film. I guess they know the reboot's coming. We're just <laughs> going to go all out now, aren't we? <laughs> but then they had to go and undo it. No. Oh yeah. Well, do you want to go ahead and go there or? Like how it ends, or spoiler alert. Um, as you guys know, a lot of times our deep dives are very much flow of thought, stream of consciousness. We're not necessarily going chronologically through the film, so we're gonna jump to the end for a minute. Um, this is definitely a spoiler. Um, Billy dies. Cured death. <laughs> yeah, he legit. He did. Like he's legit uh, deceased. The, the magical kiss of Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, brings him back to life. I'm kidding. There's no kiss. Uh, yeah, no, not exactly. Um, but, yeah, did, did that feel a little forced to you? Like, that feel like, like I knew after he died, given what I'd already seen in the trailer, it's like, oh, he's coming back somehow because Wonder Woman hasn't shown up yet. And then he's interacting with her in that scene. Unless they're going to pull one of those things where they show you something in the trailer that gets cut from the final film. I was waiting for that possibility. But it's like, if that doesn't happen, then obviously he's coming back to life. Like, Yeah, I wasn't expecting it because I didn't see the trailer. And I thought the Wonder Woman scene was the dream sequence in which Wonder Woman's head turns into the wizard, which was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was definitely surprised forced probably i mean it wasn't super forced but it it did come kind of come out of nowhere i mean they did foreshadow it a little bit with uh billy earlier in the film saying hey i wonder if uh i can send wonder woman a bird letter (laughs) but we don't know that he actually does until apparently the end there he's like yeah did did you get my bird letter he tries very awkwardly to to flirt with Wonder Woman and uh, tries to ask her out as she's going away. And that's where the scene from the trailer comes in. She's like, you know, just stick to, what'd she say? Just stick to superhero or saving the day or something like that. Yeah. It's like, just stick to that kid, you know, because she's what, you know, hundreds of years old. <laughs> I don't know, or more. Or, yeah, or more. Um, so, although she did fall for 
for Bruce, so she does, and for the, um, uh, dang it, Steve, the Chris Pine oh, character. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so she has a thing for younger guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not that young, though. <laughs> Maybe not that young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You um, know, that's one of the most hilarious things. I don't remember if it was Justice League Unlimited or where it was, but I remember some sort of awkward thing to where someone is flirting and trying to be in a relationship with uh, Captain Marvel Shazam here. And it's kind of awkward for him because he's kind of like, well, you know, I'm actually a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember where I saw that, but it was funny. Now, um, rewinding just a little bit from, from the scene we just talked about, the the um, the penultimate scene. Well, I guess close enough. Like the the climax, I guess, is a fair point. You know, the... the um, the scene we just talked about is part of what you would call the denouement, but the to bring in some literary terms with the climax of the film is obviously the the final battle, uh, where he fights uh, Calypso, and the the dragon, which I can't remember the dragon's name. I know the dragon had a name. I think, didn't it? I think the dragon had a name. Specky Wood Dragon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It um, it might have had a name. <laughs> anyway, um, her and the dragon are fighting him inside the. The dome, you know, <laughs> under the, the dome, dome, around the tree of life at the, was it the Philadelphia? I don't know. Maybe it's actually called the garden, uh, but like the Philadelphia, I guess it's, I'm assuming it's where the Philadelphia Phillies play. I think it was like the baseball stadium there in Philadelphia. Speaking well, of Calypso, though, isn't that name taken from some uh, some other religion other than Greek, or is that actually Greek too? I mean... Didn't they have a Calypso in Pirates of the Caribbean? They did, but like that thing's a whole jumbled <laughs> mess. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I I do think I think Calyp that's that looks Greek. It looks Greek just even looking at the transliteration. Oh, okay. Um, maybe Wikipedia. Oh, here we go. Cal yes, Greek mythology. Calypso, she who conceals, was a nymph who lived on the island of Ogygia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Where according to Homer's Odyssey, she detained Odysseus for seven years. She promised Odysseus immortality if he would stay with her, but Odysseus preferred to return home. Oh, yeah. Well, I do remember reading about hard this. enough. He was there for seven years. In the, <laughs> yeah, in the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she would... Well, she got him to stay for seven years, so, like, you know, that's like, what is that, uh, common law marriage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's Calypso, and... Hespera, I'm not as familiar with. Let's see what it says. In well, Greek that mythology, definitely sounds Greek. The Hesperides, ancient Greek pronunciation Hesperides, are nymphs of evening and golden light sunsets. Oh, the daughters that's why she's of older. Evening or nymphs of the west. They were also called the Atlantides from their reputed father, the Titan Atlas. Ah. Huh, interesting. So, so it's more her name. So it's not necessarily a specific Hespera. That's interesting. So they just chose a name that referenced Greek mythology then. Now, Anthea... Oh, Anthea was one of the Kyrites... By the way, getting this off Wikipedia, of course. Kyrites, or graces of Greek mythology, and was the goddess of swamps and flowery wreaths. <laughs> How's that for a combination? Uh, let's go to the swamp and get some flowers. She is the daughter of Zeus... 
Oh, they screwed that one up. She's the daughter of Zeus and Urin. Oh, I'm saying this wrong. Urinomy. She was depicted in Athenian face painting as one of the attendants of Aphrodite. So, so that's one they definitely changed. So she was a daughter of Zeus, not a daughter of Atlas. Uh, so they changed that. She was adopted. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Either that or Zeus got cuckolded. Um, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, well, it sounds already Zeus like, though. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, man. Like, I mean, the dude like turned into a goose and had sex with women as a goose. Which as is a like, goose. What the? How does that work? Uh, exactly. Donald like, Duck is packing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's our mildly inappropriate section for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> uh, so getting back to the, the fight scene um, between uh, Calypso, you know, we got off on that tangent, which that that's what we do, right? We get off on tangents. They're not irrelevant tangents most of the time. They're irreverent tangents. Hopefully they're always fun. We, we hope. We hope you have fun. Um, but um, let's see what... Yeah, Calypso. The battle between Calypso and... Shazam, which at that point he actually knows his name is Shazam, I think, right? Or does he, does he tell him that at the end? Oh, Maybe he doesn't at the very him. end. Yeah, he picks it for him. So he very deliberately seals himself in, you know, with the help of Hespera, seals himself in under the dome. No, that's not a Stephen King reference. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, seals himself in under the dome. And is going to use the staff, right, as a, basically as a bomb to hopefully, he hopes, you know, to kill Calypso and the dragon and destroy the Tree of Life, which, if left unchecked, will, I think it's implied, will take over the world, basically, and remake Earth, I think was my understanding. Although it wasn't made for Earth, so it, it was like also like kind of cursed poison, you know, like Anthea talks about that. Anyway, yeah. it's going to do a lot of damage, which it already has done damage to Philadelphia at that point and killed people and spawns a bunch of nasty creatures. And so he's in this final battle and he's basically decided to make the ultimate sacrifice. Like he knows that he'll probably die doing it. So he gets his brief moment to talk to his family. And um, how would, uh, like, I definitely got vibes of uh, Batman versus Superman. You know, and where Superman is fighting the Abomination, right? Not the Abomination, sorry, that's not right. Dang it. Uh, you're talking about Doomsday. Doomsday. Superman is fighting Doomsday. And, you know, we're at, like, the final part where he is, like, flying towards Doomsday, trying to basically stab him through the heart with the kryptonite thing. And, uh, you know, he's straining, and you get that, Henry Cavill, like, where he opens his mouth really wide, and he's like, Aah! I definitely got some of those vibes when um, Shazam was flying through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flying through the dragon's flames, I guess. Um, magical yeah. flames. And, like, flying through. And I, I, it seemed like he was also trying to use that to charge up the staff even further. I, that's what I gathered. Yeah, me too. But, like, him straining towards that and flying through that towards the villain i definitely got echoes of i don't know if you felt if you thought of that at all we were watching it well no it henry cavill never popped into my head but uh good uh 
good uh good eyesight there well, i don't i wonder if that was deliberate on their part or if it's just more of a by virtue of the fact that he flies as well yeah probably but it, it may have been a little bit of deliberate backshadowing not foreshadowing but backshadowing <laughs> if that's a word well that's a good point oh shoot i just realized <laughs> i just realized we've got two different characters that die screaming with a some sort of staff or spear in their hands die get buried and then get brought back to life by wonder woman <laughs> And other characters, but <laughs> yeah, this is even this isn't even Wonder Woman's first time bringing someone back from the dead that was <laughs> Superman powers. Oh, uh, now what doesn't he? I thought though, doesn't he kind of come back to life on his own? Superman. Well, I'm trying to remember how it how it goes down in Justice League. Well, like at the end of Batman v Superman, in, in the final cutscene or whatever, you see the the. Well, they show the dirt starting to float off above his casket. So you get the impression he's already coming back to life at that point. Yeah, yeah, that might have been... That was foreshadowing, but it was uh, incorrect. Uh, in the comics, that would have been correct. But what Zack Snyder ended up doing is they brought him to the chamber on the ship where Doomsday was created. Right. And they had the Flash electric, electrically charge everything in the puddle to somehow zap him back to life i mean it's true that he didn't suffer any decomposition wow so yeah this is very very similar to that i mean but in this case he gets literally buried well what they were both buried i guess but yeah they undug superman grave robbers (laughs) whereas with this like um you know wonder woman just shows up grabs the staff and somehow knows how to recharge it um now she considered a goddess in the or a god in the Zack Snyder universe in some of the comics she is uh a god so my, my question is like well i know she's imbued with special powers by the gods of her um what's the name of her the place she comes from dang it i can't think of it right now the island of uh mascara that sounds right um but yeah like she's she's imbued with powers by um by greek gods i think so I guess that makes her maybe a demigod more accurately, like kind of like a. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah, the, it does. For the purposes of Shazam, like she refers to herself basically as a god, because a wizard bemoans the fact there are no gods left, and that was a bad Jiman Hansu impression, and uh, and then she shows up. There is one. <laughs> it's like, is there only one? Like, what about Superman? Goonie kind of. I guess he's an alien though. So it's not doesn't qualify, right? Yeah, it doesn't qualify because he's not from it's Earth. not the same. So he's not an earthly god, I guess. Um, which they never explored that, but one of Superman's weaknesses is magic because he's not magic. Ah. So I guess Wonder Woman is magic now. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, because she doesn't. Other than like the the lasso of truth, like she doesn't really have any like magical properties that she displays at least that i can think of obviously she has her superpowers but um yeah i've never really thought of her as that so it's interesting that they brought her in uh it felt a little forced i don't know did it feel forced to you yeah just a little bit i've seen worse but it, it was just a little bit yeah yeah it's like on the one hand i'm like why didn't you show up 
when the fight was going down. Like if you were keeping tabs on <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> I thought about that the entire time. I, I know. It's like with with these movies, you got this massive thing going on. Like, wouldn't Batman like be monitoring the planet? You know, like from from the Justice League's. Uh, I know they don't have headquarters in space in the DCEU, but like I know in, in the animated series they do. He's got like the floating yeah. headquarters in space. He'd be like monitoring. Wouldn't he see some kind of activity there in Philadelphia and be like, "Oh shit, we better send the Justice League." Yeah, I mean, at the very least, he'd probably contact Superman. Superman would be like, "I'm on my way" or something. Yeah, or Wonder Woman. Like five seconds. Exactly. <laughs> That's where it's a little unrealistic sometimes, but you, you got to suspend belief, I guess, because you know it's it's all make believe anyway. I'm, I mean, it's all about not taking away the spotlight from our main character from the story. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool if like we saw just the back of their heads so they didn't have to pay the actors but i mean i want them to pay the actors i want henry cavill back but he's is he coming back no anyway uh which is not his fault at all he certainly wanted to come back but well i wonder though there's been a lot of fan outcry about that yeah because sometimes like if there's enough of that you know studios will eventually cave even if james gunn doesn't want to warner brothers like if they get enough fan backlash they might there might be some arm twisting yeah, this that is goes true. on behind the scenes. So you never know. You never know. But what I'm saying is they could have had some of the Justice League members outside the dome and they just can't get in. Just that, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole dome thing w- was good enough to explain mm-hmm. why they're not helping. That's true. That's true. You hadn't thought about that. But yeah, like you said, it, it would take away a bit from, from Shazam. Um I mean, I think it's near miraculous we even got Gal Gadot in this thing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm assuming that was probably her body double in the dream sequence because they only show her back. Yeah, um, and it, it did. It did. I could kind of tell like it wasn't. It didn't quite look like Gal Gadot, so it was probably her body double. Because um, most, yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a movie thing. Um, but yeah, obviously it's definitely her at the end. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just thinking of a parallel with Chuck. It's like, <laughs> once again, the awkward nerd. Although in the case of Chuck, like she does actually fall in love with him, like the, the beautiful spy, uh, Sarah, uh, the character in Chuck. But in this case, you know, he gets he gets turned down. He get, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. Before So definitely before um, our deep dive is over, I want to get into the, the two cutscenes. Or the two, um, so we have the mid credit scene. So I thought thought we could talk about that first. Um, uh, did you have any thoughts on the mid credit scene? Like how did how did you feel about the mid credit scene and where it, where it might take the story next? Well, uh, I remember the the end credit scene with the worm is what I want to talk about. What was the scene before that? I don't remember. Okay, so I'll, I'll let you take that one then, and then then I'll jump in on the mid credits. So the mid credits one. Is where <laughs> that that's right. I remember now. But go ahead. But yeah, you have the two guy, the two reps from uh, Amanda Waller's um, organization. I, I don't remember what her organization is called. Um, but Amanda Waller sends two people to find Shazam, and they already know his secret identity, Billy Batson. Isn't her organization Argus? Argus it sounds familiar. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Let's see. 
anyway, um, but yeah, she sends two two reps, uh, which I don't know if they're from a series. Um, anyway, they they come, they find him in the woods. They're just playing around, shooting things with his lightning. He's like, bam, bam, <laughs> having fun. And um, they call out his name, and then he responds, which is kind of a dumb thing to do. It's like, Billy Batson? He's like, yeah, oh, wait. And he tries to pretend like it's not him. Uh, like, it's like, we know your name. It's like, how? How did you know her name? And they proceed to ask him, basically recruit him into what he at first thinks will be the Justice League. They just say the name. Would you like to be a part of the Justice? And he jumps in. He's like, yes, yes, absolutely. Like, it's like, wherever Wonder Woman's going to be, that's that's where I want to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then he finds out that it's the Justice Society, not the Justice League, uh, which I, I like, once again, it kind of poked fun at itself, where he's like, is that kind of confusing? Like, you have the Justice Society and you have the Justice League. You have two things with the name Justice. Like, can you pick something different, like the Authority League or... Or the, code the Avengers League. Society. He's like, I like yeah. that for some reason. <laughs> and that was actually another reference uh, when he said authority, then he said code. He was talking about the comics code authority. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Which probably existed uh, back when Fawcett was releasing uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Adventures, etc. Um, which I'm only going to take a second to say that I liked how the high school was called Fawcett High School after the publishing company. Yeah, see, my first thought was Farrah Fawcett. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know there was a publishing company called Fawcett, but yeah, I like that. That reference makes more sense. I was like, why are they they putting a Farrah Fawcett reference in here? (laughs) It's like, does the director just have the hots for Farrah Fawcett back in the day or or whatnot? I mean, (laughs) cool, but yeah, that makes so much more sense. Um. So yeah, so so the Justice Society was, at least as far as the DCU is concerned, was introduced in Black Adam. You know, they play a pretty prominent, well, very prominent role in that film. But then Dr. Fate, right? Isn't his name Dr. Fate? Dies. Yes. Basically sacrifices himself there at the end. So they have an opening, so to speak, uh, for another superpowered individual. And um, it's interesting that I'm trying to remember if Amanda Waller was already involved with the Justice Society in that movie. I don't remember her popping up until the end credits. Well, she called them in earlier in the film. Uh, okay. okay. Um, but I'm confused about her association with the Justice Society because I'm fairly certain her her Suicide Squad uh, using villains is her thing. I don't. I'm confused about that. If that has some sort of precedent in the comic books, because. In the comic books, the Justice Society was around during like World War II or something, the World Wars, hmm. um, and basically ceased to exist by the time Justice League was founded. So it's kind of like League of Nations preceded the United Nations kind of thing. It's like this this came first, and then we upgraded or yeah. slashed, not upgraded, but like new version Justice League. Yeah, and, and that's why seeing trailers of Black Adam, I was confused what time period the movie was going to take place in because, and I was also compu- confused with the timeline of the DCEU, the canon continuity, because in my mind, Justice Society is World War One, World War Two. I mean, mm-hmm. in the comics, um, if I'm not mistaken, 
Wonder Woman is a member of the DC, uh, not the DCU. The Wonder Woman is the member of the Justice Society before she becomes a member of the Justice League. Hmm. And so is the original Flash with the uh, Mercury helmet. Okay. Okay. Um, And uh, what, the Alan Scott Green Lantern? I mean, some of this might be uh, incorrect. I mean, I haven't read all the comic books, but this is kind of what I gathered. Yeah, sorry, I just lost train of thought because I was looking at something on Wikipedia. Um, all right, you're gonna have to jump back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old Old Richard saw a picture of a Wonder Woman, and his mind went blank. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, I was looking for some info on the um, the end cut scenes here. It, it does mention. Okay, so. Ah, let's see. Reprising their DCEU roles on the film while uncredited, Gail Goodell appears as Diana Prince, Wonder Woman alongside Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt, and Steve Agee as John Economos in the mid credit scene. So they must be... I'm, I'm guessing that Harcourt and Economos, were they, they must have been in the Peacemaker series, maybe. Because I haven't seen them in anything else that I can think of. Hmm... Unless they were in the Suicide Squad. Actually, you know what? I think they might have been in the Suicide Squad, now that I think about it. Because obviously, Waller definitely plays a big part in that. Right. Yeah, I think uh, they were. I think. They, yep, yep, yep. Both. They were both in the Suicide Squad. Okay. I thought they looked a little familiar, um, but I wasn't entirely sure. Okay. Cool. So that's a tie-in to the Suicide Squad. So that that's, that's nice. So you got Sa- Peter Saffron. I don't know if he decided on that, but like, got to tie into James Gunn's film. Um, so let's see. So now you want to talk about the the final the final scene? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So in the theater, uh, Richard and I are the only ones left. Everyone else has left because no one else cares about any credit scenes. Apparently, <laughs> well, and we were also the only two people in the theater. That's what I meant. <laughs> But um, the entire no, I mean the entire time. We were the, the entire time we were the only two people in there. <laughs> no, I swear, are it you was sure? a Monday night, so yeah, it was just us. Really? Yeah. I thought there were other people in there when we got in there. No, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Huh. It was my imagination. I'm seeing things, Richard. Go <laughs> check my prescriptions, buddy. We did come in right after the right after it began, so it was dark. Uh, in fair in fairness to you. But no, I don't think anybody left, so it was just us in there. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I was talking with Richard about how... uh, You remember that cut scene after the first Shazam where Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind, the Caterpillar character from the comics, uh, meet in the prison? Mm -hmm. And this is not what this movie is about at all. They just had that to foreshadow a future movie and nothing happened. And I said, shoot, hold on. Will forgot to silence this phone. Yep, sorry. Tisk tisk. Anyway, um, so I started referencing all the other DCEU in credit cutscenes that never came to fruition and saying, um, you, you know, what if this Amanda Waller Justice Society in credit scene doesn't come to fruition, you know? The reboot's about to happen, um, 
and I'm just picking about that. And then all of a sudden, there's another in credit scene where we see Dr. Savannah in the prison, and the caterpillar, Mr. Mind, comes back, and, and Dr. Savannah's been like, it's been two years! Where were you? <laughs> the caterpillar's like, I have more I need to do. It will take time. Yeah, he's like, I got one more thing. And he's like, why did it take you so long? And he's like, well, I have to walk everywhere, and I'm tiny, so <laughs> it takes me a long time. I have no arms or legs. I don't think he had a German accent, but like, yeah. Well, um, I'm trying to be like robotic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He has, has more of a Stephen Hawking accent. But <laughs> but um, anyway, so I was like, finally, some payoff with another in credit scene. So I don't know if there will be ever be anything about that, but it's just really funny how they uh, they at least reference that cut that in credit scene with another in credit scene. <laughs> um, and for those of you who don't know, Mister Mind in the comics is a caterpillar from the planet Venus. Mm. Uh, he is an alien who has telepathic abilities. Um. Um, yeah, he's a super genius. Um, I don't know how he forms the monster society of evil, uh, which is what he's trying to form, uh, being only a caterpillar, but he somehow does, <laughs> uh, he can mind control people. Maybe that's how he does it. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, he is valued for his super genius, his tech, tactician ish qualities i i completely screwed the grammar up there so, so he's a according to wikipedia a two-inch alien caterpillar of high intelligence with telepathic powers who usually carries out his villainous plans through an organization called monster society of evil so will we get what do you think richard will we get a monster society of evil shazam movie or no. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Um, let's see. I hope so, too. I hope we continue with this multiverse thing. Looks like he was... Oh, it says here in both movies he was voiced by the director, David Sandberg. Cool. That's funny. So he appears in the DC Extended Universe. So uh, we'll have to look that up and see. And I imagine it's still uh, consideration in progress. But given that both Shazam movies are produced by Peter Safran, I'd say we have a better chance of that than say the next Aquaman movie actually happening. Um, cause I don't think they've begun production on that. So I could see that getting canceled. Yeah. Um, but this, given that it is produced by Peter Safran already, and he's got a relationship obviously with the director, David Sandberg, uh, I think there's a good chance of that. Although it depends, you know, money's always an issue and it depends on how Shazam performs. Yeah. Um, it didn't have a very strong opening for a superhero movie. I think it only made 30 million. Um, first weekend, uh, compare that to Ant-Man, which I think did a hundred million or so in the first weekend. Um, but you know, sometimes what happens with these films is like they, they catch on and they have like a steady, a nice steady performance. They end up making, you know, I'm, I'm guessing right now it's going to be like a four or 500 million, you know, DC, you know, which it'll probably still make a profit, but not a lot. Um, but yeah, if if it can get up to the four or five hundred five hundred million, I, I'd say there'd be a good chance it'll get um, another entry in the series. But if it bombs, then 
it's hard to say. Um, so unfortunately, that is that is an issue. It, yeah. Now, now if it's like a pet project of Peter Saffron, you know, unless it like lost a lot of money, my guess is he might still follow through with it. But it just depends. I don't know how invested he is personally in it, or if it's just his production company. You know, I mean, he is a listed as a producer in both films. So. True. Well, I take this second post-credit scene with Mister Mind, the Caterpillar, and Doctor Savannah as kind of like a tongue-in-cheek uh, joke about how we're probably never going to see these characters come to fruition. But I could be wrong. Hopefully we do get a Shazam 3, uh, no matter if it's Monster Society of Evil or what it is. Yeah, no, I, w- I would like to see that. And um, I'm hoping, again, this this movie wasn't terrible. You know, it was not as good as the first Shazam uh, for me. I think I would give the first Shazam, I think I'd give it a 4, you know, maybe a 3.75. Because um, it, it's very well directed. I think it's well paced. Um, the the plot organization is a, is good. Like the flow is good with the movie. There's pathos in it. Like you care about the characters, and you know, so you have the connection to the backstory. And it's funny too. Like we both laughed several times as we were rewatching. Oh yeah. Um, here just uh just an hour or so ago. So yeah, it. Um, but yeah, this one definitely didn't didn't hit quite as well. Um. So yeah, we'll see. But no, I I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing another one because I like the universe. It's it's. And it's um, I think it's different enough from some of the other DCU stuff that they could, they could probably still work it in. But if they're gonna do a complete reboot, who knows? But now we do have the now maybe the Flash movie will tell us some things about that because you know it's you got the multiverse, so obviously they can always play around with that and have like a standalone film. It's like well, it's part of the multiverse. And then you have the main storyline taking place in an alternate universe. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that um, it allows the James Gunn's DCU to play with several different continuities uh, simultaneously without needing to bridge them together. I hope so. Well, guys, we're coming up on the, the two or three minute mark here on our deep dive so we're gonna kind of wrap it up so so again we we both enjoyed this film you know it was an enjoyable trip to the theater you got enough of the the popcorn fair to make it i still don't like spending 14 bucks on a on a movie ticket i must say <laughs> and even less on the 20 dollar popcorn uh, yeah you know which we did not get um this time around because yeah ticket prices just over the last few months went up a couple bucks uh, since the last time we were at the theater, actually, uh, well, I think we went to Marketplace for um, yeah. Ant-Man. So the yeah, time before did. that, I guess Avatar, when we went to see Avatar, um, ticket prices were about two bucks cheaper. So they've they've gone up, which may may not bode well for, but then I think everything's going up. Like I've, I've seen several other things. It, it's inflation. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't come here for economics, right? No, that's not that's not why we're here. We're here to help you not think about economics and politics and all that. Even though we did get into politics a little bit in our last episode. Today on Irreverent Nerds, a man with ADHD tells you economics. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about macroeconomics. 
and tomorrow we will discuss microeconomics and the theories of Adam Smith versus the theories of Karl Marx. And here we go. Let's do it. That's probably more interesting than a man with ADHD telling you how to spend your money and or do your taxes because that would probably just re result in economic ruin. <laughs> uh, how about two men with ADHD? Ha 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 ha. I forgot. <laughs> no, um, Will is, well, you've been like officially diagnosed and yeah. um, I have not, but um, I'm pretty sure I have a, a version of it as well. I tried doing my own taxes one time, and after four hours, I gave up. Uh, now, I have I have been able to get that done, although H&R Block software helps a lot, I will say. Uh, so, plug for H&R Block. Hey, you guys want to be a sponsor? Hey. Yeah. Uh, how about this We'll year? take your this money. This time next year. Yeah, we'll take your money. <laughs> Actually, right now. Why not right now? You still got another month in tax time. So, hey. That's anyone, right. Anyone who happens to be listening, if you work for H&R Block, let us know. I know it has almost nothing to do with what we talk about, but hey. You know, everybody needs to do their taxes, right? So you could literally advertise on anything, and it would be applicable in America, right? We can increase our uh, time slot to or two hours, and, like, over half of that can just be commercials. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we get paid for it. Uh, no, no one would want to listen to us if we had that many advertisements. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, nerds. Well, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. So... Next week, this is the plan. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to change at this point, but we are going to have a couple of Dan's, Dan cool. Johnson's friends on to talk about horror films. And uh, these are guys who have actually, I think both of them, right, have been in horror films themselves. Um, not like necessarily big budget horror films, but horror films nonetheless, like completed movies that actually got released, right? Um, well, isn't one of them the director or something? It could be. could be. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have them on as guests, uh, and this will be kind of a bonus episode because this week we have five Wednesdays in a month, so our normal like four topic rotation, uh, we have an extra Wednesday in a month, so we're gonna throw in kind of a bonus episode because uh, horror is not technically a part of our our cycle of topics, even though it can fit in there like when we did aliens, you know, because it you can have horror sci-fi, or um, but. Needless to say, um, so keep an ear out and an eye out for that coming next week. All right, nerds. Until next time. Sayonara. Live long and prosper. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Reverend Nerds Podcast. If you would, consider following us on Instagram. We are there at irreverent underscore nerds. You can also hit us up on Facebook. Just look us up there at The Irreverent Nerds. That's our fan page. We have a YouTube channel as well. Once again, The Irreverent Nerds. Nice and simple, right? And if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com, that will send you to our podcasters for Spotify, formerly anchor.fm profile where you can send us a voice message if you want to support us financially or listen to the podcast it will also direct you to other places you can listen like spotify apple google stitcher you name it so like comment subscribe follow all those good things wherever you find us wherever you listen to us we would greatly appreciate it until next time nerds live long and prosper
Avengers Assemble. I'm Batman.